This podcast is about care for caregivers and embracing joy as an autism parent. It's part banter and conversation on adult topics, part audio essays and poetry I've written, part expressing things I wish I'd known when Sonny was 5 or 15. He's now 25. Hi and stuff. I'm Nicoletta. Welcome to my memoir and disclaimer. This podcast addresses adult issues and adult topics of over 50 life, sandwich generation, my mama paws journey, mental and behavioral health, the autism spectrum, learning differences, neurodiversity, sex, drugs, rock and roll, belonging, not belonging, misfits, smart asses, and the moms like me who love them. It is not suitable for all listeners. Warning, not safe for work. Please use your discretion. We move on. We can switch to, topics. Yeah, the next topic. Chopper mom. Chopper mom. So I like the you way. You gotta get to the chopper. Yeah. So I um, so I am basically instead of video essays, what I'm reading on this podcast are audio essays, and some of it's poetry that's very short. The chopper mom recording was under two minutes, and I just talked about how. You know, I don't really understand how an act of love of, you know, wanting to helicopter parent and be around can be misinterpreted and misconstrued by the very kids I tried to raise the best I could. Um, but on the other hand, you know, if it's tr- if it's all about annoyance and it's all about like tripping you up, I could see how you and your sister could use, you know, helicopter uh, parenting as a bad term, but because I was trying to make it poetic, I thought that it sounded better to title it Chopper Mom. So it kind of right. fits. So what what are what are your you haven't heard the piece, but you will. But what are your um, interpretations or definitions of helicopter parenting? A helicopter parent is somebody that relentlessly or consistently monitors their child's behavior, uh, physically or virtually. And there's a lot of ways you can do that in a way that's not intrusive. Like, for instance, many religious families use a computer program called Y'all Seeing Eyes, which is a program that reports your internet activity to a third party, such as your mother. So your 14-year-old child does not download pornography, uh, as an example, just to control somebody's habit or... Wow. Monitor somebody's internet traffic. And it's not intrusive at all. You'll get a block or a notification if somebody attempts to break the rules. But it's not going to be a crippling annoyance that's going to destroy somebody's life or reputation or computing experience. On the other hand, there are people that routinely follow and spy on their kids' habits by adding GPS trackers into their children's phones. And that gets into some Orwellian territory that teaches the child, man, if I'm going to be constantly surveilled, like I'm in a panopticon, maybe I shouldn't hang out with any of my friends. Right, ever. Well, so... Ever. As as a... Because then I'm going to be asked a lot of heaps of inappropriate questions that I don't want to answer. So as a past and current helicopter mom, as a recovering um, chopper mom, I guess... That sounds extreme. 
As far as the all-seeing eyes, thank goodness we didn't have religion because Unitarianism isn't necessarily religion, not in the sense of... It's the United Nations uh, it's Switzerland. of religions. It's, well, it's not Switzerland. It's not neutral. It actually um, oversees... It's not... You, it, I mean, calling it the United Nations of religions is kind of misleading because it implies that the United Nations is the authority to do shit, which well, it doesn't. So, in, in my experience... Unitarianism is a survey of many different religions with its own Correct. spiritual path that has a lot of elasticity to include um, everybody. Everybody, but things that in the 70s and 80s were still newer, like interracial couples or intergenerational um, or interreligious couples. Right. A Jew marrying an Arab or something. That now, well, that now includes same sex unions at the time, which are now same sex marriages. Um, yeah. Because the Supreme Court woke the fuck up. Anyway, the thing is that neither of those extremes sound familiar to me. I wanted to just say one thing about the spying software and the GPS is um, I read an advice column before Christmas about uh, parents whose child was going off to college like as a first-year student, I guess, and they wanted to come clean that they had some kind of nanny cam in her room, in her bedroom at home, inside the eye of a teddy bear or something, that oh my God. she was going to take... Get the, wait, it gets better. She was going to take the bear with her to college, and they then suddenly had to decide to come clean or not, or, I mean, I suppose... Because that could, technically speaking, be uh, doing a bunch of illegal shit by accident. Like... For, Revenge porn, which For is sure. defined as uh, nude images or videos that were created without the consent of the person in them. For sure. Yeah, but listen, the advice giver in the column said, whoa, whoa, guys, you've already really, really transgressed on your adolescence freedom and privacy. Never mind right. her wanting to take her unbeknownst to her nanny cam eyed teddy bear with her to her dorm room. So maybe deactivate that shit and well, come clean about it. Well, right. Well, for, well, deactivate it, yes, and you come clean about it. Monsters. So their question was whether to come clean about it or not. Now the kid is eighteen and she's an adult, but it's like, wow, they're gonna have a That's lot of issues. That's fucked up. They're gonna have a lot of issues to unravel with the help of a therapist. But um, anyway, and look, a lawyer. No, so none of these extreme behaviors really ring ring true for what I remember doing. Um, for you guys, but what I wanted I mean, to get... I you wanted to inspect all of my friends before having them over. Okay, but that's totally normal. That's not helicopter parenting. That's a lot more normal, relatively speaking. Okay, then what? Then, say, create, uh, buying a spy device to spy on your kids with uh, video and audio recordings. Yeah, that's 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 mighty fucked. That's awful. That's but awful. what you did was slightly less fucked. Uh, listen, when I grew up, when I was growing up, my parents knew my friends. They didn't just know them because they came to pick me up at school. Often they couldn't pick me up at school, which is the case with many parents that work um, uh, outside the home. But right. they certainly wanted to know who I was hanging out with to make sure that everything, you know, was in order. That's that you weren't under any bad influences. Right. I mean, what that means, you know, I found ways to get in trouble here and there, but more or less I was a good kid. I didn't really get in trouble. Um, I did my schoolwork and I had 
some time free to, you know, do... Off. Read Mad Magazine. Mad Magazine was, yeah, definitely one of my um, Watch, adolescence... Watch uh, SNL. Yeah, I would stay... Well, when, my, when I would sleep over at my Nona's house on a Saturday, she would go to bed... Not too super early. She'd go to bed at around ten o'clock, and I guess I would watch at that time. It was Love Boat and Fantasy Island, and then after that, some news at eleven until eleven thirty came. Then it was time to watch SNL, and I would stay up and watch SNL. So don't forget, I Love Lucy reruns. Well, I Love Lucy reruns. She would watch them with me because that was at five o'clock or something before dinner. So um, wait, wait, wait to wait to keep up the non sequitur streak. Awesome, Sunny. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, um, maybe what I should do is let you hear the piece I recorded on Chopper Mom and then put a pin in this and come back to it later. Right. All right, so what do you have to say about adulting, bags of bags, and my mom bag? Do you have any comments on my mom bag? Do you find it funny? Do you even notice it? or like? Well, I do find it funny. funny. Well, what's funny about it? Well, I find it funny that some people's mom bags carry way more stuff than others. Like, uh, uh, our family friend, she would carry an entire rotisserie chicken into a movie theater <laughs> and four slushies for her four kids. Oh my gosh. A rotisserie chicken, no, but I was there when her three girls and your sister, so four girls, so six of us, went to the movie theater that's now closed, um, and... Right. And before going there, I guess what they did was stop off at 7-Eleven and get full-size candy bars or maybe even those boxes of movie... Giant Slurpees. Uh, yeah, but the Slurpees was the best part because Slurpees, as you know, have a domed lid with a straw. So in those yeah. days, they weren't, they, weren't, they weren't trying to guilt trip everyone about straws and sea turtles, so they would put the straw in, and then the domed lid has... I mean, uh, a bit that's of not what's killing it. the sea turtles right now. It's the, all of that oil, but whatever, man. Yeah, so, but... Non-sequiturs are non-sequituring. Yeah. Well, the thing is, though, fair is fair. We did buy the girls popcorn at the theater, which is very, very high-priced. And then the movie ticket, whatever it was at the time. But the Slurpees and the mom profit bag... profit margins on the popcorn, the, it, makes, it makes water at the airport look jealous. The, the, yeah. The, the Slurpees in the mom bag, that is a classic. So um, let's revisit for a second adulting and having bags of bags. That's a whole different thing. Well, being prepared for a large and tedious task that's very easy to do is something that all adults have to do anyway. Right. Like, nobody wants to you know, be hunched over a laptop and look at a spreadsheet of their finances, but somebody has to do it at some point. Yes, that's true. Uh, um, yeah. Nobody wants to strategize over how they're going to pay for their fucking medical insurance, but we, we all have to do that. Right. But, okay, so you're saying, you're talking about things within the topic of adulting that we don't want to do, like we talked at length on another episode about doing your taxes. But what I'm asking is, you know, do you have a bag of bags? Yes. So, I have several bags of bags. So, I have a box filled with <laughs> tissue paper. Oh, my. From my last move that I'm going to continue using in my next move. Well, actually, that's great. And today, um, boxes with packing paper in them were safely stored away for your next move. And... 
since I now have a little SUV versus a hatchback, um, I might be able to even schlep some boxes for you. Um, then you'll have yeah. boxes of bags. And bags of boxes. Bags of boxes. <laughs> Fold down those fuckers. Put them in bags. Um, yeah. Yeah, so the last thing on our list is non-sequiturs. Fine lard. The, the, la the last thing on our list is non-sequiturs, but I believe we've covered that, and we've gone in circles and, and covered it multiple times. We've gone in crop circles. Yeah, basically. Where are the aliens? mom bag. What the hell is in here? Every time I clean it out, it's soon heavy again. Lint-coated ticket stub, squashed sticks of dentine, foil paper stuck to them, business cards I took without thinking, two pencils, one out of lead, and a pen, a lone rubber band, could be useful one day, and a paper clip. Ditto. Glasses, wallet, keys, and phone. Glasses, wallet, keys, and phone. Okay, just kidding. Oh, fuck this earworm from when the kids were little. They're big now, but I'm not done. A roll of dog pickup bags, one individually wrapped sugar-free wintergreen mint, which I hate, a toothbrush in a tiny travel case, an emery board that I never use, and a fucking partridge in a pear tree. Chapbook 22. Author's Notes. Stories of Origin and Power. The chapbook collection entitled That Path explores stories of origin, identity, power, the creator, and the created. Poems take the perspective of change from powerlessness to power, the path between childhood and adulthood, between motherhood and loneliness. Aspects explored include struggling to meet and reject certain expectations, coping with disappointment, grief, and grave pain, and a mother turning her back on herself when it becomes too much. The exhale that started in this collection will build and continue as I write. The approachable confessional voice embraces emotion and trauma with gallows humor. Its message is, all these things happened and thanks to grit and a touch of luck, I'm okay. It's gushing out onto paper all at once now. Chopper Mom, I've been dead for 275 years, not lost to the dustbins of history. I speak to contemporary incarnations of myself, words drawn through the condensation on the bathroom mirror after they shower. Freeze at the first message, Think of others. Only child syndrome resembles Napoleon syndrome or anything else, like imposter syndrome, that finds us clawing for our lives out of gritty garbage pails and greasy sewer lines to find our voices, anything to leave that rat race long enough to stop and think. Have I made an impact? Am I worthy? Can I squeeze the last drop of activity from myself? I'm like a toothpaste tube, the one you squeeze and squeeze just to get some mintiness out before your cotton mouth chokes you. 
Do I haunt them? Not on purpose. Do I see them struggle and wish my hovering helped? For sure. They may have once felt so sure I was there to bother them, annoy them, and vex them. And when they feel a frisson of my presence now, they feel me wax and wane with dedication, desire, and hope. Helicopter mom, chopper mom, whatever you call it, I'd rather be seen as a hummingbird than as a hawk. It still makes me. One summer, I was invited to Messina, Sicily, to visit the family. The beaches there are pristine, undiscovered, colorful, and calming. On the walk through brushy pines and cacti filled with prickly pears, there was an ancient citroen parked forever under a fig tree. The sticky, overlooked fruit fell in glistening blobs of jam all over the car. We ate them, then went on to the beach. Little pink crabs crawled around the shore, minding their own business. While we warmed up on the sand before hopping the short way to the water, I had the misfortune of stepping on a rusty nail on the beach. The cut was wide but shallow, so I washed it in the salt water before limping back up to the shadowy, stately house. Mrs. Havisham could have guarded her secrets there. His mother, a nurse, had to administer the tetanus shot, available over-the-counter at any farmacia. Wow, she said, barely concealing her snicker. There's plenty for me to aim the needle at back here. She pinched the flesh of my backside and got ready to stab me. How perfect, a jab at my backside and also a jab at me personally. The beginning of the end of my relationship with her son was welling up in my eyes, turned away from her on the pillow. I imagined them having a private talk. You really going to marry that fat girl? I imagined them saying, How's your sex life together? She admitted to asking him. She asked her son these probing questions, nose screwed up under her long, bleach-blonde bangs, him mortified, but probably preparing to answer. Shuddering off the thought, I planned my trip back to safety in Ragusa, 200 kilometers away, where my cousins and my nonna were waiting. The rest of my trip among loving family waiting to embrace me was just a few days away. This future family of mine looked more and more unlikely to ever accept me, there is a reason that they say, meglio soli che mal accompagnati. It is better to be alone than in bad company. My son's wife. My son is a gay man with autism. The best day of our lives was the day he came out to us. Finally, something familiar. He's got the right family. Liberal, barefoot, humanist, left-of-left -left parents aging quasi-hippie Unitarian Universalist grandparents still winding flowers in their hair. Because autism causes social awkwardness and communication issues, we were thrilled not only that he wished to socialize but also wanted to start dating. To us, who he dated was beside the point. Why does he have a wife? His wife is a community support tech. 
She helps him with ADLs, activities of daily living, and executive function, basically assists him in social skills and to remember and carry out multi-step tasks, like getting ready in the morning rather than trying to fall out of bed without eating and go out unkempt and disheveled, because we don't want unkempt and disheveled. At the second opinion of his autism diagnosis at age 27 months, one thought went through my mind. Autism, that's the disorder where the child is introverted and grows up antisocial. No close relationships, no dating, no friends. My heart remained heavy from that day till the day he told us he liked men at 18 and wanted to pursue romantic relationships with them. Intimacy, social interactions, romance. My heart was filled with hope again. Fast forward to now. I've seen his wife in action. Nikayla knows how to handle his strengths, challenges, and quirks with matter-of-fact professionalism. He's an absent-minded professor part of the time, techie computer geek nerd in real life, and also a porn-addicted post-quarantine right-swiping grinder subscriber and not at all embarrassed about it, thank you very much. I helped him pack and move to a new apartment last week, all items previously stashed under the bed and hidden at the bottom of the closet included. Yikes, I'm still his mom. Despite all that he and I have been through together, and maybe because I've seen what I've seen and heard what I've heard, he and I are very close. I've seen him through a lot. Hooking up, getting stalked, kicking out the stalker who barged into his place yelling in the middle of the night. Buddy, says Nikayla, do you really think anyone that walks in here will want to see that right out in the open? She can hardly repress her combination giggle and talk that I find so charming as she's catching me up later in the day. It makes me giggle and talk at the same time back. Oh my gosh, what did he do after that? I picture his total lack of emotion. Blank stare, blank slate, an array of sex toys from the wonderland that is the internet to those in the know, and he is in the know. Bottles of stuff spread all over the bed. I guess I should put them away. But first, she prompts, eyebrows slanted to match the tilt of her head. What? Oh. He turns stiffly, sweeping them up like beloved Lego structures from just a few years ago into a wash basin. Except it's not primary color plastic bricks, but an array of flashlights, plugs, and flex fists in his grasp. I can't believe she gets paid to put up with this shit. And I call her his wife, tongue-in-cheek. Right, he says without a touch of irony. Wash them, sanitize, dry them, then put them away. There is no poker face like Nikayla's. She doesn't miss a single beat. Remember, after this, we have to go pick up your laundry, get it folded, and put away. People that don't get it really amuse me. Married? I thought he was gay. Yup, I just call her his wife. I didn't know he got married? To a man? Uh, no, we call Nikayla his wife because she takes him grocery shopping, makes task lists on spreadsheets, prompts him on his sensitivities like taking meds, with or without water, and brushing his teeth. She also nags him. That's when the light bulb goes off. It's a real mid-century Ricky and Lucy reference. A very nuanced and layered joke that goes back decades. My pro-equality, anti-sexist, anti-homophobic stance. 
One day, I'll get tired of it and start joking about something else instead. Like the jokes the two of them make constantly in reference to intestinal rumbling. Intestinal rumbling. What are we back in middle school? Yes, it's a Mad Libs life. But I guess it breaks up the potential monotony of Nikayla doing her job. Her tone and professionalism are not that of an actual wife, but a tech who's worked to support adults with IDDs before. Actually, we're lucky to have her, and so is our son. We are thrown into disarray when she really does get married because she has no substitute, and for Sunny, no one can fill her shoes. We have to get other staff to scramble and fill her role from different agencies. We'll piece it together somehow. For now, Nikayla is the picture of efficiency. She moves on to the kitchen. Buddy, how old are these cold cuts? I wouldn't want you packing your lunch for tomorrow and getting tummy funnies at your internship or on the bus. It's a 40-minute ride without traffic. He pictures what this might feel like, clutches at his viscera, then rushes to her side to investigate. An odor wafts from the kitchen doorway. I decide it may be time to excuse myself for a phone call. I wouldn't want to play the role of meddling mother-in-law. Thanks and stuff to our sponsors, The Hill Studio Record Label and Joy, Just One You, coaching and caring for caregivers. You can show your support by subscribing. And please take a look at my website, nicolettalamarcasacco.com, for my blog and other stuff. Give us a follow at hi.and.stuff.podcast on Instagram. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. Buy and stuff. Check out Sunny's AI Design Streetwear at Kobe Kotive on Instagram. That's at K-O-B-Y-K-O-T-I-V on Instagram. Kobe Kotive.com.